This is the Art of Dental Finance and Management podcast brought to you by Art Wiederman, CPA with Ide Bailey. Whether it's taxes and investing or planning wisely, Art is the expert to make your dental practice profitable. At Ide Bailey, what inspires you inspires us. We provide a suite of accounting and advisory services dedicated to the total care of your practice. Visit our website to access our tools and resources tailored for dentists, idebailey.com slash dentist. That's E-I-D-E-B-A-I-L-L-Y dot com slash dentist. This podcast is distributed with the understanding that Art Wiederman, CPA, and Ide Bailey, LLP are not rendering legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Listeners should consult with their business advisors before acting on any of the information or opinions shared. If you have questions and or feedback, make sure to email Art over at awiederman at idebailey.com. That's A-W-I-E-D-E-R-M-A-N at E-I-D-E-B-A-I-L-L-Y dot com. You can also give Art a call at 657-279-3243. Without further delay, here's your host, Dental CPA Art Wiederman. And hello, everyone, and welcome to a very, very special edition of the Art of Dental Finance and Management with Art Wiederman CPA. I'm your host, Art Wiederman. Welcome to my podcast. Uh, I am a dental division director for the CPA firm of Ide Bailey. I work out of Tustin, California. We work with about 300 dentists in our group in Tustin and through our firm at Ide Bailey, about 1,000 overall. And the reason I said very, very special is I get to talk to one of my longtime friends in the dental profession and, and maybe the, one of the most recognizable names to all the dentists in America. We're going to be talking to Fred Joyal, who is the uh, founder of 1-800-DENTIST, and we're going to be talking a lot about his new book today, which is called Super Bold, From Underconfident to Charismatic in 90 Days. I don't know if I could get there in 90 days, maybe 120, but we'll work on that. Uh, but we're going to talk about Fred's book. We're going to talk about boldness. We're going to talk about what marketing has looked like in the last you know, 35 years since he and I got into the profession. And I'm really, really excited. I mean, Fred, I had actually Fred lecture for my CPA clients. Oh my gosh, 15, 20 years ago. And the only mistake I made was having Fred come on President's Day weekend. I didn't even look at the calendar, but we still had well over 150 people in the room. And it was one of the best lectures I ever put on. So you're in for a treat today, folks. Let me just make some announcements and give you some information. Uh, first of all, uh, please look at our partner's website uh, and subscribe to their magazine, Decisions in Dentistry magazine, www.decisionsindentistry.com. Uh, best clinical content of any magazine in the dental profession, uh, an advisory board that's a who's who in dentistry, and 140 clinical courses uh, for one uh, low price www.decisionsanddentistry.com. Uh, also, folks, if you're going, this uh, podcast is going to air, I'm guessing, sometime sometime in April uh, and uh, April of 2022. Can't believe it's been two years since we're through this pandemic. And uh, I will be speaking on, uh, I believe it is July the 28th at the uh, Academy of General Dentistry's National Convention in Orlando, Florida. I'm doing a half a day on financial planning and a half a day on uh, the metrics of uh, uh, dental practice. Know your practice by the numbers. So 
We got thousands of podcast listeners. If you're in Orlando and you're going to the meeting, come by and say hi. I would love to meet you. Uh, Also, if you have not applied for the employee retention tax credit, if you had a greater than 50% reduction in your gross receipts uh, for the second quarter of 2020 versus 2019, uh, you could be looking at tens of thousands of dollars of free government money. And if you had a greater than 20% reduction in your gross receipts for either the first, second, and third quarter of 2021 versus those same quarters in 2019, um, the credit is 70% up to $10,000 per employee per quarter. We have gotten over $4 million in credits for our clients and a lot of non-clients. Several of our podcast listeners have called us and said, hey, Art, can you do this for us? Yeah, we can do this. We've got about another year to do 2020 and about another two years to do 2021. If you're interested, give me a call, 657-279-3243. And also um, awiederman at idbailey.com. Be sure to check out our new Ide Bailey podcast, Ebb and Flow, a business podcast providing inspired insight on issues and trends the middle market faces. Hear unique business stories, get answers to frequently asked and unasked questions, and understand business topics that matter to you. Available now on your favorite podcast platform. All right. So I want to get to my good friend, Fred Joyle. So let me read you his bio. Fred is an author, speaker, entrepreneur, and business advisor. So he's a busy guy. Fred co-founded the most successful dental referral service in the country, 1-800-DENTIST. You've all seen, uh, you've seen him on the TV commercials. You've seen the commercials. Uh, 1-800-DENTIST was one of the just fantastic company. Um, Fred's previously written two books on marketing. And in fact, folks, I... Um, I give Fred's books out to new clients. That's how much I think of what he's done. Um, so his first two books on marketing were amazing, but this one is uh, over the top. So he's written two books on marketing. Uh, Fred tells me he's dabbled in stand-up and improv comedy. He's acted uh, in some bad movies. He's made some excellent TV commercials. His latest book, uh, like I mentioned earlier, Super Bold, From Underconfident to Charismatic in 90 Days, um, Fred was telling me before we came on the air, I think he said it's, it's fourth on the wall street journalist and seventh on the Amazon list, a bestseller list. Um, he, we're going to talk about this too. He tells me he once beat Sir Richard Branson in a game of chess and was also a question on jeopardy. Fred's an avid cycler, a below average tennis player, and even a worse golfer. And Fred lives in LA. So, hello, Fred. Welcome to the Art. <laughs> Hi, Art. <laughs> I got so much I want to talk about. So, yeah. So, so, how did Richard Branson feel when you beat him in chess? How did that happen? He 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 didn't take it well. Uh, he was kind of shocked, um, and so was I, really, uh, because he plays chess a lot, and I hadn't played in thirty well, something years. Uh, and but he asked me if I wanted to play. It, the story is, I was on his island, Necker Island. I was going to say, did you get to go to one of his islands on his private plane or something? No, well, we were there with a business group and he drops in occasionally and I was playing tennis and I ruptured my Achilles tendon. Ouch. Uh, And so I was just hanging out by the the tennis court and he just came up and he, he was, he was, he's such a bother that this has happened to you. Uh, (laughs) Do you, do you, do you play chess? And I went, uh, and this was the bold move was not having played in almost 40 years. 
I still said yes. Uh, and he said, waved to somebody, get a chessboard, bring it over here. So we sat down on the couch and we played. And I play such an unconventional game that he couldn't figure out what the heck I was doing. <laughs> and I finally went, that's check. Actually, it's checkmate. And he just looked at me. And he was like, and he called me this name, which oh, I can't no. say on the air. Right? And he immediately sets the board up again. Now, I, I love Richard. He's 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 probably one of the business people I admire most in the world. And he's a very fun and playful guy. And he's very competitive. So for the rest of the week, he sought me out to play. Uh, and he would beat me every time. Uh, uh, or did you let him beat you? Oh, I, I didn't have to let him. I didn't so are you that. now banned from Virgin Airlines? Uh, is that the deal? <laughs> no, I, but I always get a middle seat no matter how I book it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then and then I want to hear also, um, where did you perform comedy and how did that go? Tell us about that. That was many years ago when I really wanted to expand my stage skills. And I, I'd always wanted to try stand-up and a good friend of mine was a uh, working comedian. And he said, I know you want to try this. Uh, and I said, yeah, but I, I don't know how to go about it. And he says, you just got to write five minutes and and get up and bomb. <laughs> and, he <laughs> says, and he says, and then you're going to figure out that all the things you're scared of are you're wrong about. And then you learn all the things you should be scared of. And That's so I, I I wrote five minutes and and did it at, uh, at open mic. And then eventually did it at the ice house at 10, 15, 20 minutes of material. I eventually developed and it was really fun. It's not a lifestyle I was interested in because no. it's a road lifestyle and you basically wait 23 and a half hours every day for a chance to do a half an hour of work. Um, and, but it was really fun to just get up uh, on that stage with that instant feedback loop because a lot of speaking that you do you don't really know if they're excited about you or interested in you or bored to death or think you're an idiot. It stand up, you know, right away. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. From when you, when you and I are on the lecture, they're sitting there, they're listening. If they look like they're taking notes, then maybe we're doing a good job, but I don't know. But, um, but you, you are, and I, I'm not exaggerating just cause you're on the, on my computer today. Um, when you came and, and did the, the program for my clients, uh, it was one of the best programs I ever put on, and I'm 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 very was honored to have you. I'm honored to have you on today. So um, tell us your story. I mean, I know you you started one eight hundred dentist um, uh, back in the eighties. Was it seventies or eighties? Wasn't it? It was eighties. Yeah, let's not go back too far. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, the eighties well, is you, far enough. I meet more dentists who go. Uh, I wasn't born yet. Uh, yeah, I know. Good for you. Uh, well, you and I know a lot of the people, you know, I mean, we know, I mean, I grew up with Dr. Jim Pride, and Dr. Phil Whitener. You're one of the few, but we, we know those guys and everything, but so get, tell, tell the audience your story for the maybe one or two people that are listening that don't know who you are. Yeah, a bunch of people don't because if they weren't watching television in the nineties and the two thousands, uh, they would have not seen me, but I, I was, I started out as a copywriter in an ad agency after doing a bunch of other jobs. And then I decided I didn't want to stay in the ad business because I didn't like the career arc and I really wanted to own my own business. So a friend of mine and I just started 1-800-DENTIST because another guy we knew had the phone number. And so we created some radio spots, found 20 dentists to go along with the whole thing. 
in LA, set up a phone room and just started running the radio spots. And we got 50 calls on the first day. And we said, wow, there's, there's a real need here because you never know till you launch your business if you're smoking dope, right? If you think, oh, right, exactly. uh, this is, this is, everybody's going to love this. It's like, nobody loves this except your mom and, you know, and, and you're stuck. So we just kept adding dentists, adding advertising money, adding call operators, and then adding cities till we became the largest dentist referral service in the country. Uh, over the 30 years we ran it, we generated over a billion dollars of revenue in total. So, wow. Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, Fred, I remember my clients and because I started in dentistry as a dental accountant in September of 1984. And I remember, uh, three or four, maybe more of my clients actually, you know, I'm, I'm looking at their general ledger. I'm saying 1-800 dentists, you're, you're paying, how much are you paying? <laughs> and, and and here was the answer. The answer was, oh my God, Art, the phone is ringing off the hook. It's the best thing I ever did, especially for those people that got in early, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, uh, and 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 we were just the we were Yelp before there was Yelp. We were filtering these patients and matching them with the practice, so that there was a much better chance of converting them into productive patients. And, and that was how we did it. We always had live operators screening the calls and, and finding out what that person really needed and then selling the practice. Because a lot of times the front desk doesn't see that as their job to sell the office. They, they think their job is to answer the phone. Right, so nope. we would pre-sell the old that this is a great dentist. We've sent a lot of people to her. She's terrific. People love her. You're going to love her. Get in there today. And then we would transfer them over. So we did, you know, we did probably, I, I think by the time I had sold the business, we had done uh, somewhere between eight and nine million referrals. That, uh, that's amazing. That is so absolutely the, it's, amazing. It's, who knows how much dentistry that, has. you know, if, if oh. every patient is worth, uh, you know, uh, $500 or $1,000. Yeah, well, I, uh, I, I, a lot. I want you to know, I want you to know that when I do... Uh, when I do consulting or expert witness work, I actually use your, you talk about a thousand to $1,500 per year for a new patient. And you say that in your, in, in one of your first two marketing books. And, and, and again, there's a lot of things that go into that. We're not going to go deep into that today, but, but I, I use your numbers as a reference and, and it's, it, they're spot on and stuff. So, but I, I want to get into this book because it's just as, it is so spot on, and I want to really gear what we're talking about, Fred, to talking about how dentists can apply what's in this book. So I want to read just a little excerpt from what's on the Amazon website. So again, the name of the book is Super Bold, From Underconfident to Charismatic in 90 Days. So it says, boldness is a superpower. Bold individuals seize life in remarkable, almost unbelievable ways. They succeed in business, in careers, and in love, and they have a great time doing it. Bold people walk up to supermodels and ask them to dance. Now, I've never done that because maybe I'm not a bold person, but maybe I'll read your book. Well, no, I won't. I've been married for 37 <laughs> You're years. You're still young, Art. I don't want to lose half my stuff. There you go. Uh, they, start, they stand in front of audiences and tell jokes. They start companies. They run for president. What surprises most people is that boldness can be taught. Um, and and, it, and I'm just reading off of the, the website. It says, Fred Joyle started as an extremely 
shy person, which I don't believe that in one bit, but we'll talk about that. Too timid even to make a phone call and transformed himself into someone who has done stand-up and improv comedy, spoken to audiences of 5,000 or more and dozens of celebrities, and just by being bold, found love, joy, passion, success. I think that's a good start to the conversation. So the first question is, Fred, why is why is bold a superpower? How does that work? Because almost everything that you want to really achieve takes boldness. It takes the confidence to believe you can do it and then the courage to act. And that's really what boldness is, is your confidence in action. And what happens to most people is is we become underconfident in a lot of areas in our life. We have these zones of confidence with our friends, with our family, maybe with our, with our coworkers, but anything outside of that, we're, we're timid. We hesitate. We, and we miss opportunities. And what bold people have learned is that abundance comes from stepping into your discomfort zone and discovering what's possible. This is how you chase your dreams is knowing there's a risk of failure, but knowing that there's an upside just in trying. And so I encourage people to, to say, this isn't about becoming a show off or a, a, an attention grabber or something like that. This is about bringing the full you to the world, presenting everything about you that is great and, and exceptional and unique and wonderful to whatever situation you are in. And that that takes time to develop that skill. It took me decades to develop it, but it yeah, can and, be developed. And I want to talk about that in a second. But but the thing that I think I want to bring up and get your opinion on is, you know, people are afraid to fail. They're afraid if if they fail, people are going to look down on them. But I mean, Fred, you you were maybe one of the most successful business people in the dental profession with one eight hundred dentist. I like to think that most days I had a successful CPA career. I built a CPA practice and and do what I do. But anybody who says that in their life in business that they haven't made a mistake is just flat out lying. I mean, how do bold people? What do they do? You know, if they fail, what 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 do they do? Why should our dentists be not worried that they're going to fail and and not go for this? Uh, because failure is full of information. This is what bold people know, is if they don't turn it into a self-judgment of, of inadequacy or worthlessness, or it would be the worst, then you can mine it for information and say, okay, what, what was in this for me? Whether it was a conversation that you had where you, you could tell the person lost interest and you stop and say, what did I do? And you know what? I monologued. I just kept talking and talking and talking and never gave them a chance to get a word in edgewise. No wonder their eyes glazed over after a while. Or you start a business. Every entrepreneur I know has had one, two, three failures before they succeeded. And then just like me and you, we made mistakes. We made just survivable mistakes. Because we figured out, well, we can't close, so we got to figure out what to do. Right. We've made a mistake. We've blown a hundred grand. You know, we blew a half a million dollars endorsing the Angels, the the Los Angeles Angels or the Anaheim Angels, whatever the <laughs> heck they were called. And <laughs> yeah, I bet you did. <laughs> it did nothing. It did absolutely nothing to have our 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 
800 Dennis banner in the ball field for the entire season. You know, 100-something games played there. Didn't matter. Didn't move the needle at all. But, you know, you have to survive that stuff. You have to say, okay, now what do we do? We learned our lesson. Let's circle the wagons and get smarter. And and bold people decide not to beat themselves up. They just say, uh, okay, it's a step up. Every failure is a step up. Next. Exactly. So, all right. So how you, you, you mentioned in the bio and you've mentioned on here, first of all, I can't believe that you were shy. You, you, I've never, when I've known you, you're not shy. You're very articulate and all this stuff, but you, you say that you developed boldness. You did it on your own. How did you do it? How, if I have a dentist out there who says, well, you know, I'm really afraid to take risks and, and my practice isn't doing well. And I, I don't know what to do. I mean, w- what advice can you give them? And how did you create a, a bold personality in yourself? All right. Well, the reason a dentist should want to do this is because boldness if it is required if you're going to run a business as a leader and very specifically in dentistry it takes boldness to lead a team to give them feedback to say what you expect from them to to criticize them effectively without adding emotion to it all of those are life skills it takes boldness to make videos of your practice which is of yourself and your practice it takes boldness to ask for referrals. It takes boldness to present a $50,000 treatment plan. I know dentists who can present a $100,000 treatment plan without batting an eye with complete confidence. That's, that's the difference boldness can make in your career as a dentist. So, so, so if a dentist doesn't, if they're in that position, like you just said, is I can't do this. What would be a first step? I mean, obviously, reading your book is going to help a lot, but um, it's going to help an awful lot. Yeah, exactly. But what what would be the first thing someone says? I want to become bold, or I want to take these steps. I want to move forward. I mean, maybe so, a little bit about what did you do? Well, what I did, I emulated bold people because I, I I sort of said, what is their mindset? Why doesn't rejection affect them like it affects me? And I also looked at my own life at the times I was bold. And said, wow, so much good came out of that. I have to be more like, I have to do that, even if it makes me uncomfortable. And so, but you have to do it gradually. You build your boldness muscle like you would build any other muscle, gradually pushing yourself, but not pushing yourself too hard. And I break out the steps in my book in detail on, on how to how to do this. But it's you would start something as basic as make talk to a stranger every day. Decide that every day you're going to do some bold, outgoing thing, and you're going to build your boldness muscle. And I, I, I have a hundred exercises in the book that that you can do that work you up. But it, it, something as simple as that. Uh, every every time I walk into Starbucks, I'm going to talk to the person in front of me. You know that that that's great. I, I'm going to relate that to my uh, my my stepdad who basically raised me. Um, I talk about him occasionally. He he passed away 30 plus years ago. His name was Irving. Irving was a photographer for the Associated Press. Uh, he actually was the one that took one of about eight photographers who took the original picture of Marilyn Monroe with her skirt blown up on the New York subway platform. He got paid a hundred bucks for that. That was bold. But he taught me exactly what you're saying, Fred, which is 
always talk to people. Talk to them if you're on the line of the supermarket. Talk to them on an airplane. I talk to any time I'm on the airplane, I talk to the person next to me. Now, they may not want to talk to me, but I've had some of the most interesting conversations, and I'm sure you have too, uh, on airplanes with people because you never know who you're going to meet. And you never know what kind of connections you're going to make. So, I mean, that that's a good good piece of advice is always talk to people and ask them about themselves and stuff, but um, always wanting to learn. So let, let's talk about, let, let's get a, a little bit into, well, before we do that, I want to, I want you to talk a little bit about how, first of all, how do we get the book? The book is called Super Bold from Underconfident to Charismatic in 90 Days. Uh, it's available on Amazon. Is that the main place or where else can they get it? Yeah, that's the, that's the place you would get. And I, I want to remind people who are listening, it's Super Bold, B-O-L-D. A lot of times they go, is this about the Super Bowl? Is this like a football book? <laughs> or, like, or, no, or the movie uh, Super no. Bad, right? No, it's yeah, not Super Bad. Yeah, it's not Super Bad either, It's uh, <laughs> which was a great movie, but it's not about that. No. Uh, yeah. And it, so it, it's on Amazon. It's in hardcover. It's in uh, Audible with me reading it, and it's in Kindle. So you have three formats, What, however you digest this kind of material. Uh, and you can go to my website, fredjoyle.com, and download the first chapter if you want. And there's also a couple of videos of me doing boldness lectures. Uh, and and that's, that's the way to absorb it. But understand that it's a book that about taking action. It has a, it is a systematic way that you will build your confidence and boldness, and it will surprise you how fast it happens and how much fun it becomes after a while. You will surprise yourself where you get in ninety days. So, so doctors, like I've told you for three and a half years, and and me doing this podcast, we're well getting close to two hundred episodes that we've recorded. This podcast is a call to action, okay? I'm hoping that you're going to listen to this. You're going to listen to Fred. You're going to listen to what he's saying. And you're going to wake up tomorrow morning and say, you know, there's something that's not right in my practice. There's not something that's not right in my life. And I need to do something different. We all know the definition of insanity is uh, doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. So I would encourage you to get the book. Also, Fred, you've got a... um, um, a, a seminar webinar coming up. You were telling me about a two, it was a two day thing going on. What, what's that? Yes, I'm, do, I'm doing a two day super bold workshop, uh, in Los Angeles, uh, June 24th and 25th. Uh, and this will transform you. I'm going to put you through your paces. You are going to be uncomfortable a good part of the time, but it, at, at the end of it, you're going to be surprised at how far you've come and you will have the tools to interact at a whole different level with people and a, a systematic way to approach you, any situation where you're feeling underconfident and you say, wait a minute, I know what to do. I know exactly how to proceed. So you don't miss opportunities so that you step up, you take risks, you you meet who you want to meet, you try things you want to try, you say things you want to say. And I think at the, I think you told me at the end, you're actually going to have uh, the audience sit there and everybody's going to be required to do some stand-up comedy. Is that right? Oh yeah. They, they have to prepare 15 <laughs> minutes of, of comedy and then get up and, uh, and, and there'll be valuable prizes. How, how can they, how can they <laughs> register for the, uh, for where you say it's going to be in Los Angeles? It, it is in Los Angeles. Yes. Oh, so okay. how uh, can they, is there a, is there a website or somewhere they yeah, can go so to register? Fredjoyle.com, the, the website, my website, they'll be able to go in 
get more information and and register for it. Uh, and so if you not in L.A., you'd have to fly in the night before. Uh, but this is this is uh, an investment in your entire life that this will you will a hundred X what this does for I, your life. I, I again, I, I I've told you guys for three and a half years. I don't get paid to have people on my podcast. I have people on my podcast that help my dentist because this is my legacy to the dental profession. If you want to make a change in your life and this sounds interesting to you, I would go to the webinar and buy the book. I really would. I mean, I, again, I get honest to God, guys, I would, I, you can't see me. I'm putting my hand up and I'm swearing. <laughs> I get nothing from Fred or anybody else to talk about the wonderful things that my guests do to help the dental profession. I would encourage you to do that. All right. Talk about the Fred, the consequences of hesitating. It, what happens is you start to stack up regrets because you didn't meet that person that you really wanted to meet. You didn't uh, ask for that order as a salesperson or as a as a dentist. You said, uh, you know what, I, I I was afraid to present this full implant case to this patient. And then I find out she did the whole thing with another dentist and he charged her $10,000 more than I would have. And you, and you start to realize I am missing out because I am hesitating. I am letting my lack of confidence stop me. And, and that's, remember, when you're talking about a patient and you're talking about uh, a large restorative case, the reason they accept it is your confidence in your ability to do it and your projection of that confidence. You may be absolutely certain that you're the best trained dentist to do this for them or, or you're, you're as good as they're going to find. But if you don't project that in, in how you articulate, in, how, in the energy that you put out, they're not going to accept treatment. They're going to wonder that they're going to have all sorts of other things going on. Oh, well, he just wants to make more money or he he's, he's just trying to get me to do something that I don't need to do. He just wants to do it. Uh, and you know, my dentist is, he has so much confidence in what he does that patients accept everything he says. Uh, that's right. And, and it's, it, again, I, I, I've talked about this before, Fred, you know, I, as a CPA, I hang a shingle, a uh, dentist hangs a shingle. It is presumed that if you say you're a dentist or you're a CPA or you're an attorney, that you have passed the requirements to do that job, to be in that profession. That's a presumption. What's not presumed is that people trust you and that you care about them. And, and that's why the hesitancy is, well, you know, you really, we, we should really do these four crowns and but, you know, we, we could weigh, well, I know money is a concern. That's the hesitancy part, right? Yeah, you, you give them a way out before they ask for one. Yeah. Uh, it, and because you're, you're not confident, the, the, the bold move is to present your, your treatment plan and say, and this is, this is, if you were my brother-in-law, this is what I would be recommending to you. So what would you like to do? Yeah, and, and you and, wait, and, you shut up, you wait <laughs> to find out because they. I've had dentists tell me I've done that, and they say, uh, uh, "Okay, when do we start?" And the yeah. dentist thinks I was, I could have said, "Oh, well, we could wait, or we could, you know, maybe this is too much for you. We could do it in phases." They would instead of backtracking, they shut up and wait. 
I, I remember early in my career when I didn't know what the heck I was doing and I would present a fee to a prospective client. I, I, I actually taped myself once, Fred, just back in the 80s. And I, I, I found out I was almost apologizing for the fee that I was quoting. And, mm-hmm. and, and one of the things that I've been taught by people like you and all the other great iconic people that we know in dentistry is, is that when you present, well, Mrs. Smith, it's $10,000. And I'm going to tell you, your smile is going to change your life. When we're done with you, you're going to be a completely new person. And then the fee becomes totally irrelevant because they're thinking about becoming a new person, right? I mean, um, and, yeah. and, and so- They're so, going to affect every smile, every kiss, every meal, every conversation for the rest of your life. It, exactly. And, it, and it's a mindset. And I, and I think that people have to fail a little bit, but then when you have some, it's, it, it's almost like my stupid golf game. You know, we talk about golf, right? You know, I'll get on the course and I'll, I had 109 yards to the 18th tee the other day, to the 18th hole the other day. And I had a perfect lie and I muffed the shot, but then the next, you know, um, three holes later, I hit a perfect drive and a perfect and had a birdie. I mean, and you, you think about, it, I can do this. You have successes and then you have, um, the, the failures. So, um, you talked, you talked about that you were shy. So we have a lot of people that are shy that go into dental profession. How does someone who has that shy, non-bold personality, I mean, people don't change maybe a couple of tips out of your book as to some things they can do to get started. I mean, so step one, Stop saying I'm shy and under, <laughs> under, understand because you're telling yourself to behave this way when actually you're shy in certain situations and not in others. You exhibit shy behavior sometimes. So separate yourself. Don't define yourself as shy. Say sometimes I behave in a shy way and I want to do that less. I want to do that never <laughs> and and realize that there are times when you're not and that just like anything else you get good at, it takes practice. It takes understanding how to do it. One, if you were trying to learn the guitar, you wouldn't expect to sound good on the first day when you picked it up. You wouldn't think buying the guitar was the whole process. It's the first step. And you wouldn't, if it didn't sound good the first day, you wouldn't throw the guitar away. You would assume you had to learn how to get better by being lousy at it for a while. It's right. the same thing with interacting with people. You're going to be awkward and nervous until you're not. And then all of a sudden you, you say, wow, this is, this is a whole new world because I, I can calmly interact with anybody. And so step one, if you can't talk to anybody, smile at everybody. That's, you know, it's, I, it's go nonverbal. And, and this process is smile at everybody you meet, go out every day and, and walk around and smile at everybody you meet. And when they don't smile back, don't take it on. It's got yeah. nothing to do with you. They don't know you and you don't know them and you don't know what kind of day they're having. But yeah. it becomes this thing where you say, wow, I smiled at 20 people, 18 of them smiled back. I thought five of them would smile back. And you realize this is that your mindset is wrong, that you think everybody's judging you, everybody, nobody's interested in you. You've got all of these things. You're going to be, you know, embarrassment is actually a choice. I'll give you yeah. my, 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 my favorite story. Uh, I'll give you two stories. Like if, if I spilled wine on myself at dinner and I'm with a bunch of people, I could be humiliated and embarrassed, or I could say, 
you know, this is why my dry cleaner loves me. <laughs> and you'd probably spill more wine. And, and everybody just laughs and they let it go. Uh, and, I'll, and I'll tell you of, of my favorite story of this, of dealing with what could be embarrassment. My, a friend of mine, great speaker. She's on stage, 500 people in the audience. She breaks her high heel. Oh, no. 10 minutes into the, into the, the lecture. Now, this is a horrifying thing to a woman, right? The woman in, women in the audience are, are going, oh, my God, may that never happen to me as long as I live. She kicks her shoes off and she says, I guess I should spend more than $30 on shoes from now on. <laughs> and everybody probably cracked up, right? They, 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 the place busts out laughing because there's so much tension, right, that this has happened. And they're so embarrassed for her. And then all of a sudden, she's not embarrassed for herself. They bust out laughing and she owns them at that point because she humanized herself completely. She said, look, I don't have to be perfect. I just have to roll with it, whatever happens. And that's what people, bold people learn to do is whatever happened, you don't have to label it as bad. You label it as interesting, unique, unusual, and it's something to learn from. And I would like, you know, Fred, maybe you have, uh, I mean, well, we, we have so many favorite lectures that you and I know in dentistry, but so I'm going to be, and I didn't mention this, I'm going to be at the, um, I'm going to be speaking at the California Dental Association convention. I'm going to be, uh, we have a booth there every year. We've had it for 15 years. So if you're at CDA in Anaheim, May 12th to the 14th, uh, come by and visit and say hi. Uh, it'll be maybe the only time in the last two years you might see me in a suit. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but, but anyway, I'm going to encourage you doctors that when you go to, and whether it's the California Dental Association Convention, whether it's Hinman, Dallas Midwinter, uh, Chicago Midwinter, they've just passed, but wh whatever conventions you go to, okay, whatever convention you go to, don't go to a don't go to a course on occlusion. You know occlusion. Don't go to a course on TMJ. Go to a course on how to talk to your patients, how to communicate. Uh, Catherine Itell is one of my favorite people in dentistry, and she talks about courageous communications, courageous conversations. I mean, you know, you read Fred's book, it, it's all, it's, it's all a mindset. It's absolutely a mindset. Um, so let's talk about how the dentist, let's say we can get somebody, they read your book, they come to your course, they learn about boldness. How do we how do we communicate that boldness to the dental team, Fred? Because it's not just that you and I both know that success in a dental practice is not just the doctor, it's the team. How do we get the team involved in this boldness thing? I think that you can make a game out of it. You have everybody read the book and then you say, okay, we know the boldness exercises. We know we have to do them every day. We're going to keep score and see how people do. Uh, and everybody's at a different starting point because we know Angela, she's already crazy bold. Okay. So she's starting at level four and she's got to make level, she's got to do those exercises, but then some, she's got to make a video of it or she's got to tell us what she did. And we're, we're going to challenge each other and be each other's wing person to go out and do bold stuff and do bold stuff with patients. Let's start with everybody's going to get good at asking for referrals. You know how we're going to get good at it? We're going to start not good at it, but we're going to look in Fred's book and say, what is the verbiage you use 
to ask a patient to do a video testimonial or a, or an online review on Yelp. There's a way to do it. Once you do it and you get comfortable with it, now all of a sudden you, it, you realize they respond to it because you got good at it. They're, they won't respond right away. Go, ah, I don't really like to do that. And you say, you know what? Me neither. But you know what? Let's do it. If you don't like it, we'll erase it. Let's do it right now on our phone. And if you don't like it, I'll delete it right away. But I have a feeling you're a lot better at this than you think. And I think a lot of people are. And I, I always tell doctors, Fred, because I, I ask every doctor who I consult with, so do you ask for referrals? And um, it, it's kind of like the Jeff, the Jeff Foxworthy. He's one of my favorite comedians on the planet. He, he talks about when he went to his dentist, well, have you been flossing every day? Well, not every day. Well, when's the last time you flossed? Well, the last time was when you did it, six months ago. So there you go. Same thing with asking for referral. I'll ask my doctors, have you, do you ask your patients for referrals? They'll never say no. They'll never say, I don't do that. They'll say, well, not as much as I should, which means they don't, right? <laughs> and I think the easiest way, Fred, and I, I'm, I'm sure I haven't gotten to, I will be reading your book. There's no doubt. I've read your other two books cover to cover twice, but um, definitely is to just, I like just starting off by saying, how did it go today, Mrs. Smith? That opens the door for her to tell you how much she loves the office and all this. And then you're in a positive mindset and you say, well, you know, we hear that a lot and boy, I don't know if you know this, but we would love to have people like you come to visit our practice. And if you have any friends, I mean, I'm sure you've got lots of, lots of really good tips on how to ask for referrals and in your books, right? Yeah. But it, but it's also, how do you, how do you approach it with confidence? One of the things I teach in the book is how to make somebody feel like the most important person in the room. And it's really simple. And nobody teaches you this in cool. I didn't learn it in high school. I didn't learn it in college. I didn't learn it in my jobs. I eventually observed people doing it and figured it out. I actually watched Bill Clinton do it uh, at a fundraiser when he was early in his career, when he, before he'd become president. And I watched him meet 200 people in a row, one at a time. and Every one of them came away like he had locked onto them completely and was totally interested in them. He, and he I smiles. watched him do it. He, he smiles all he the time. He smiles and he and he and when he's looking at you, it's like everything else behind you has been blurred out. He never looks away. And yeah. he listens. And he, and 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 these are the and I, and I lay out the steps for how to do this. But if you do this with a patient, you just look at them and, and say, "I really want to know honestly what is how you feel about being a patient of ours." Well, I, I really, you know, you make me really comfortable. And you just look at them and you listen and you say, "Is is there anything that we do that you don't like here?" Oh no, there's nothing like that. What you sure? Because you know you can tell me or you can write to me. So now you haven't asked for a referral at all. And they say, no, we love you. And, and, and then you say, how would you feel about making uh, a, a little video for me? And you don't have to do it if you don't want, I, I, but you know the world we live in. It's a TikTok world. Uh, and so a video certainly would help me to attract people like you because I want to treat people like you. So if you could do that, that would help me to find more patients like you. 
And then all of a sudden they say, oh, oh, I would do that. Because what did you do? You made them feel like the most important patient in the practice. Yeah, exactly. So let me ask you a question. Uh, And it can be someone in the dental profession or it could be someone not in the dental profession. Are there maybe a couple of people that come to mind that if someone were trying to become bold or, or become better at being bold, that you could kind of watch their, watch them, watch how they talk, watch them. Do you have a couple of people other than yourself, of course, um, who's very good at it. Um, do you have anybody out there that you just say that you mentioned Bill Clinton? Is there anybody else out there? I mean, I, I know Barack Obama, I think is a and forget by, by the way, folks disclaimer, I don't talk politics on this show. I talk people. Uh, well, and, and, and politicians succeed or fail by how they project their trustworthiness, whether they are or not. Um, And so, uh, and how they connect with their constituency, that that is going to get you elected or not. You could be, we have often not elected the smartest person uh, and actually, or the most capable person because they couldn't connect with us. Yeah. Yeah. So do, do do you have a couple of folks that are just like, these were your role models or these are people that I say, this is this is who I think you should be like. Anybody you can uh, think of? You know, the, the person that comes to mind is Will Smith. Oh, uh, yeah, I love him. Because he's he's so down to earth as a person. Uh and and every role that he does, there's a there's a Will Smith to it element, but it doesn't overwhelm it. But you you feel an ability to connect to him and he tries everything you know he's done sitcoms he's done rap music uh he's you know he's launched movies he 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 goes out and lectures he he bungee jumped out of a helicopter somebody talked him into i I, i'm not doing that anytime soon folks i'm scared of heights so that's not happening yeah, well, and and this is when I talk about boldness, I'm not talking about physical danger. I'm not talking about base <laughs> jumping and stuff like that. No, that's 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 for adrenaline junkies. I'm talking about when it matters. Like, uh, and the example I always use because it has such a crucial element to it is, you don't if you need to give a eulogy for your oldest friend or a parent who passed away, you want to be able to do it. You don't want to say, oh, I don't like to speak in front of people. I can't do it. This is your one chance to get up and say how much this person meant to you in your life. You don't have to be brilliant. You don't have to be clever or entertaining. You just have to get up and speak from the heart. You may choke up. You may not be able to finish. That won't matter. What will matter is that you stood up and spoke what was on your mind and in your heart and no one's going to laugh at you or judge you. And I pity the person who does judge you because they're, they're in a terrible, terrible place. I I, I totally agree. Yeah. I mean, there's Toastmasters out there. Um, I don't know if you've ever dealt with them, but that's a, if you want to practice your public speaking and trying some of this stuff out, that might be some place you might want to go try where it's non-threatening and everybody's trying to get better and, and, and stuff like yeah, that. And it's nothing but encouragement and everybody who's doing it sucks, right? They're starting exactly. off badly. They know yeah. it. And so, and they embrace sucking is what I tell people. <laughs> like 
That'll the be only way new- to get good at something is start off bad at something. You, that's how you became a dentist. You were it, not good at it. It took you two hours to do your first crown prep or three. Exactly. So you didn't leave dental school. You just got faster. Yeah. I mean, we all, we all have to, and that's a good point because if you're going to start making a change in your, uh, you know, how you talk and how you address people, um, it, it, it I go back to my golf bank, golf game. I've been taking lessons at, um, at golf tech with my, my coach Riley now for over a year. And he says, art, it took me seven years before I was happy in my swing. This doesn't happen overnight. You have to be patient and you have to be happy with all the victories. So Fred, like I say, you and I could talk for days. I, I would strongly encourage you folks. Again, the book is called super bold. I will spell it S U P E R B O L D from underconfident to charismatic in 90 days on Amazon. I'd encourage you to get it. Let's, I mean, you spent your whole life in marketing. I, I can't let you off this interview without talking a little bit about how marketing has changed in 35 years and, you know, may, maybe a little bit about, um, you know, what, what's working today, what's not, what you're seeing in the dental profession. I'm just going to let you go here. What, what, how's it changed? I mean, I remember back, uh, you know, postcards, we'd send postcards and coffee cups, uh, <laughs> and then they had this thing called the internet that changed everything. So what, what are you seeing and what do you see working and not working? That what's happened is we've gone from a push environment, broadcast advertising, pushing products in your face, telling you what you should want to uh, a pull environment where people are out there looking around for what they want. but the biggest shift of all is not only is there so many different media to use to get to people but you have to you have to work in all of them in some way you have to be involved in facebook and instagram you have to have testimonial videos on your website and rebuild your website every 2 years you have to have a youtube channel you you have to have a, a well designed office. You have an office even has to smell good. All of these things are marketing, and then you have to build a personal brand. This is the huge shift that's occurred over the past twenty years. Is your personal brand matters more and more than the the brand of the the business, the company, whatever. And that this is the most successful people, whether they're salespeople or dentists, is because their brand means something to thousands of people. That who they are as a person, as a as, and for their skill, for their confidence, for their caring, for their trustworthiness. Or you have to decide how you project this. And if you're shy, you're withholding who you are. You're withholding what I believe most dentists have a really strong character. They entered this field to to make people healthier, a lot of times in spite of themselves. There's great nobility in being a dentist versus any other sort of healthcare practitioner because you get a lot of grief about it until they need you. Right. And and, and everybody's like, I'm afraid to go to the dentist. It's like a root canal and, and all this stuff. This brings up, I was lecturing at a large, uh, in front of a large group at a a local dental society uh, before the pandemic. 
And I was lecturing with a guy who owns a marketing company because he was one of the guests and they asked me to be on stage with him. And 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 they were talking. So one of the dentists stood up and, and you could tell, Fred, that this gentleman was not bold. He was shy and he was scared. And he said, Art, I I need to understand something. He says, I have a big national chain clinic across the street from me and tons and tons of people go to them and 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 I'm not getting a lot of new patients and and how can I uh, uh, get around that? And I started talking about what you just said is you've got to build a brand. I said, who are you? He says, I'm a dentist. I said, you're a good dentist. I'm a very good dentist. I said, but what makes you different? What makes you special? Well, I don't know. And that's exactly what you're getting at in this boldness thing is people have to realize, talk a minute about building a brand. How, yeah. how do you get started? I mean, that that's a two hour if, podcast. I understand. If, but, but yeah, if, if your answer is, I don't know, that's why the office isn't busy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's because you don't know why you're exceptional. You don't know why somebody should come to you versus somebody else. If you don't know it, how the heck could they know? And so what you have to do is, is what is that? What are, what are your core values? What, what are you willing to do for money and not willing to do for money? How will you treat people and how will you treat your team members or what is not acceptable? All those things have to be clear. And then you have to say, who do I uniquely want to be? And it could be, look, I want to be the, the, the best implant dentist there is. I want to be focused on sleep. Uh, I want to be the, the high value, low cost provider in my neighborhood. You, you have to define it. I am a dentist is not the answer. There's 180,000 of you. And there's, there's one across the street or six in your building. Yep. And you don't, you don't need everybody to love you. Part two, you don't need the whole town to love you. You need 1,200 people to think you're amazing. And what you're doing is developing that skill of effectively communicating that you care enough about them to do what is most important for them to maintain their teeth the longest time in their life. I, I think the good news for our listeners, Fred, is that virtually every dentist that I've ever met in 38 years in the profession cares deeply about people. They wouldn't go into the profession if they didn't. Well, I'm going to fix your teeth, but I really don't care if you have periodontal disease and I really don't care if you have cancer. No, everybody cares. Every time I've had the opportunity to refer some friends to dentists here in Orange County where I live. And every time I talk to that dentist and they're off, it, it's like the caring switch uh, goes on. So that's kind of the first step of this. They do care. They just have to learn how to communicate it, right? I mean, yeah, uh, because they need to know that there is value in what they're getting from you and you have to communicate that. And they have to know that you are trustworthy. They have to perceive that you are trustworthy. And I talk about this a lot in Becoming Remarkable, my second book, because yeah. you can't make people believe you're trustworthy by telling them to trust you. And it's not even things that we would normally say are how you build trust. Uh, it is how do they, they feel comfortable. It is an emotional decision on people's parts to 
trust someone. And it's like, oh, well, I, I, I like the way he dresses. I like the, how gently he talks. Uh, I, 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 I like the way she uh, always explains everything to me before she does it. And she asks me certain questions and she remembers the name of my kids and stuff like that. Uh, oh. So all of that happens because you are behaving in a way that connects with people. And that's what yeah. builds trust. Yeah, I, I have I have one of Fred's books. I have I'm holding it right here in my hand. Is I don't remember this is I think the the first one was everything is marketing the ultimate strategy for dental practice growth, right? Yes. And then what was the second one? The second one was called Becoming Remarkable. Are they still yeah. available? By the way, yes, they are both on Amazon. The the okay. ulti, everything is marketing is, is in its fourth revision, um, and Becoming Remarkable is is not. It's still the original. And the great thing is I read everything is marketing. I ordered a hundred of them and I gave them out to my clients and I still give them out to my clients, even though, you know, it, it, it's been years, it's still relevant. I read it from on an airplane from Los Angeles to New York and it, it it's an easy read. It's got lots of great examples. Um, so I wish I could talk to you for another two hours, Fred. It is just an honor and a privilege. Um, I, I want to thank you for all of our thousands of listeners what you have done to help the dental profession in your 35, 40 year career is remarkable. I mean, and, and there are people, I'm so blessed to know people like you and all the other people I've had the privilege of interviewing on this, on this podcast and in my webinars and stuff like that. So um, thank you for everything that you have done to help the dental profession. Thank you for what you're doing now. What you're teaching right now about boldness and empowerment, I think is some of the most important things that a dentist can learn. Because if you can have that confidence to do these things, folks, um, the rest of it's going to fall in line. It really, really is. So, okay, Fred, what, one more time. Super Bold from Underconfident to Charismatic in 90 Days, available on Amazon and where else? That's well, I mean, wherever you buy uh, digital books, you can buy it uh, if you use other formats. But Amazon's obviously the easiest place to go. Uh, and uh, and if you go to fredjoyle.com, you can see more about me and 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 the concept of super boldness and also get a link right there to, to go buy the book if you want. And, and one more time, Ju you said June 24th and 25th is your uh, live uh, seminar in Los Angeles? Yes. And it's going to be limited to, uh, I, I think in 50 is my maximum in the room. So it's going to fill up fast. Okay. So if you want to get on there, uh, jump on fredjoyle.com and, and register for that. Is that, is that a Friday, Saturday? Yes. Okay. Sounds good. Fred, stay with me as I take the podcast out. Thank you so, so much. I hope you come by CDA and say hi and, uh, um, and it's, it's just always a, a, an honor and a privilege to talk to you. And, and again, thanks again for everything, um, that you do, uh, to help dentists. Thanks. All right. It's a, it's a pleasure to be on your show and, and real, always great to connect with you. All right. So folks, uh, please take what you've just heard and take some action. If you feel you need to make some changes in your life. And even if you don't. So uh, just again, reminders, uh, go on to our partner, Decisions in Dentistry, www.decisionsindentistry.com um, for their great clinical content and 140 fantastic CE courses at a very reasonable price. Again, 
Um, we are a proud member of the Academy of Dental CPAs. And probably maybe after or just when this podcast airs, we're finally going to get to do a live meeting up in Napa for the first time in two and a half years. And we're just going to be hugging each other for two and a half days. I don't think anything's going to get done. Uh, if you're looking for a dental CPA, we at Ide Bailey can help you. And that's uh, my I'm at A Wiederman, W-I-E-D-E-R-M-A-N at idebailey.com. My phone number is 657-279-3243. The Academy of Dental CPAs is 24 CPA firms across the United States that represent over 10,000 dentists, www.adcpa.org. Make sure to apply for the employee retention tax credit. Uh, if you need some help with that, give us a call. And uh, as this thing goes on, uh, for those of you who received money after December 31 of 2020, so in January, February of 2021, uh, in the first quarter of 2021 from the HHS Provider Relief Fund, you are going to need to report sometime between July 1 and September 30th. Don't forget that. Well, I'll tell you what, this has been one of my favorite interviews. I say that every week, but th this is this is honestly, I, I just love having conversation like this. Um, and uh, I, I thank you for the honor and the privilege of your time, folks, um, the thousands of people who listen to this podcast, uh, the emails I get, the calls I get. I, you've been so kind. Uh, I, I want to change your life for the better. And that's what my legacy is in the dental profession. So please keep listening. Tell your friends. Um, if you don't uh, subscribe, go on to your favorite podcast app and subscribe and you'll get the podcast we publish twice a month. And with that, folks, uh, my name is Art Wiederman, Dental Division Director at Ide Bailey. And for the Art of Dental Finance and Management with Art Wiederman CPA, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Art of Dental Finance and Management podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. The Art of Dental Finance and Management podcast is produced by Ide Bailey in partnership with Art Wiederman, CPA, Decisions in Dentistry Magazine, and the Academy of Dental CPAs. For audience questions and feedback, email Art Wiederman, awiederman at idebailey.com. That's A-W-I-E-D-E-R-M-A-N at E-I-D-E-B-A-I-L-L-Y.com. Or you may call Art at 657-279-3243.